0: Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. Wouldn't it be so great if the moment you decided to follow Jesus, your life just became free of problems and difficulties? It would be so much easier to convince non-believers to follow Jesus as well. However, Jesus never promised an easy life. In fact. He tells his followers that they will face hatred and persecution because of him. Today, Pastor Jim teaches that if you follow Jesus, you will face some degree of persecution for your beliefs. But take heart, because Jesus has overcome the world. Well, let's join Pastor Jim in the book of 2 Timothy chapter three, as he begins his message, what to expect in the last days.
1: We live in a rapidly changing world, rapidly changing times, and I'm sure most of you, at times, you turn on the news or you go online, you read what's happening, and you just say to yourself, what in the world is going on? I think that some of us will meet the Apostle Paul in heaven, and we may want to ask him, you know, hey, what was going on in the times we lived in? And he'll just kind of look at us and go, didn't you read my book? (laughs) Didn't you read my letters? Didn't you read my writings? Uh, I told you that the world would become extremely ungodly, even among many people who would claim to be religious, and even among many people who claim to be Christians. Uh, Chapter 2, we ended with, uh, and then we talked about it on Sunday as well, that, that God may grant some repentance that the people would come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. And it is quite remarkable that the Apostle Paul is sitting in jail, just uh, waiting to have his head chopped off. Have any of you ever had that happen to you before? It's actually had to happen. It's happened to some people. But uh, awaiting the death penalty. And he's more concerned about the powerful opposition that the church of Jesus Christ, and specifically his young protege pastor, Timothy, will face. In chapter three now, as we move into chapter three, the apostle Paul tells Timothy and us, you will see a growing sense of immorality in the world and actually in the church too, which is why you must, 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 Timothy and people of the zombie apocalypse, <laughs> the smoke from Canada. The, the people must continue in the gospel. The challenge for a follower of Jesus is this, striking the balance between the present and the future. And this is something we all need to be very, very careful about. Uh, too much emphasis on the present will neglect the future. And too much ev- ev- emphasis on the future may neglect the present. And so when it comes to living for Jesus, I like to say we should have our bags packed and be ready to live quite to a quite old age. We want to we be ready. Luke chapter 12, Jesus kind of laid into the crowds. And he said this in Luke 12:54 through 56, then he, Jesus, also said to the multitudes, whenever you see a cloud rising out of the west, immediately you say, a shower is coming. And so it is. And when you see a south wind blow, you say there will be hot weather. And there is. Hypocrites. Well, you know, this is not going to go well when he says that, right? (laughs) Hypocrites. You can discern or you can interpret, you can analyze the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it you not discern this time? How is it that you're not seeing everything that's going on around you and you cannot interpret or analyze the time? We were out at Denville Day this past weekend and this past Sunday and I saw some people that I know from... Uh, the religious community, if you will. And all they wanted to talk about was transgenderism. And I was like, how is it that you cannot discern the time? How is it that you could be not aware of what's going on? Now, I didn't call them hypocrites. I'm not as, uh, you know, in that place like Jesus is. But when we come to Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, the Apostle Paul tells us what was going on in his time and also what we can expect now. He says, but know this. Some versions say, realize this. Some versions say, understand this. That in the last days, perilous times will come. Some versions say, difficult times. Some versions say, hard times. Some versions say, Distressing times, it's interesting, that word that's used here is only used of in the Gospels when demon-possessed people come out. And there it's more used of fierce times. So he says, in the last days, perilous times, difficult times, hard times, distressing times, fierce times will come. And so I've entitled tonight's tonight's message, What to Expect in the Last Days. What to Expect in the Last Days. Paul says, Timothy, pay careful attention to the way people are living. Pay careful attention to the ungodly social and moral conditions of the day. Why is this so important? Well, partly because of what the Apostle Paul said at the end of chapter two. You want to be gentle in these times. You want to be kind with ungodly people. Be careful that you don't get sucked into Senseless arguments, or don't get sucked into the lifestyles of such people because it's very, very easy to happen. It's very easy to get your eyes off the Lord and onto all of these other issues of the day, which just by the time you think you get kind of used to it, and that's what's happening, we get so used to the stuff so quickly, something else comes along. Now in contemporary American Christian culture, uh, when people refer to the last days, many if not most mean the return of Jesus Christ. That, that's what, so when somebody comes up to you and says, do you think we're living in the last days? Now your answer should be yes. I'm going to explain to you why in a minute, why the answer is yes and why you're 100% correct in saying yes. But what, usually what they mean is, do you think we're coming to the end of the world? That old uh, song, the end of the world as we know it, right? If you don't know the song, you're younger, okay? And um, so that's usually what they mean. And that has led many Bible skeptics to say, see, they expected Jesus to return in their lifetime. I'm not so sure that they did. In the Old Testament, this, the term last days is actually used there. It's actually used in the first book of the Bible. It usually refers to the future. For example, if you're taking notes, you want to jot down Genesis forty-nine-one. Jacob uses that word when he's dying and he tells his children what's going to happen in the last days. But he's talking about their last days and the last days of the tribes of Israel. In Daniel chapter two, the last days begin in Babylon and last forever. And and so other times, Isaiah chapter 2, the book of Micah, the prophet, it refers to the coming of the Messiah. The Jews saw the Messiah coming once, but the New Testament, as the apostles unfold the Old Testament to us, see the Messiah coming twice. In, In New Testament terms, Peter in Acts chapter 2, he refers to the last days as the pouring out of the Holy Spirit and the second coming. And often that's when the second coming refers to the New Testament as well. So fair to say that to be biblically accurate, the last days are not only future times, but also the present times. In other words, the last days or the age of salvation and what we might also call the opposition against God were for the Apostle Paul, were for Timothy, and for us as well. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 says this, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. There's your Old Testament. Has in these last days, verse 2, there's that term, last days, spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, or some versions say he made the universe. So here in 2 Timothy, the apostle Paul is describing the last days as the conditions as they were in their days and as they will be. So what might the Apostle Paul say to us today if he just said, okay, get to the bottom line, Paul. Pastor Jim's obviously not very good at doing it. Why don't you get to the bottom line? What are the last days? He would probably say, basically, they've been set in motion with the life, death, resurrection, and ascension into heaven and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit by the Lord Jesus Christ. So in other words, it's the time in between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. You could make a great argument that it was intensified by the arrival of the Holy Spirit and will continue until the second coming, the return of our great God and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So in between, and that's the biblical way of looking at it, not the American way of looking at it. In between, things at various times will be what? Perilous, difficult, hard, distressing, and fierce. That's how it will be. There will be seasons Sometimes we'll be better than others, but we should expect that. And so, sadly, a big part of the problem for Timothy uh, at the church in Ephesus was the infiltration of false teachers, and that has happened all throughout history, from the time of Jesus until the time of now, was even in the Old Testament times, and it continues to this day, and all we have to do is look, and it is all around us. And very much so in our day and age, it is the gospel of opinion, the gospel of opinion. However, the Bible instructs us not to lose heart. Why? Because uh, these signs of the times and the presence of the enemy are exactly what Jesus and the apostles told us was going to happen. There's nothing here that is not according to plan, according to schedule, the way it would go. And it it reminds us that the victory of 1 Corinthians 15, have you forgotten that already? That victory awaits us. Therefore, motivated by the promises of God, motivated by God telling us the way it was going to unfold, we are on our guard and we stay at it while we wait for either meeting the Lord due to leaving this earth or the second coming of Jesus Christ. So once again, the last days are essentially the time in between the first coming of Jesus and the second coming of Jesus. That actually means, that makes the Bible so relevant because it actually means we live in the same time period as the Apostle Paul and Timothy. Let's say, all the people who've lived, followers of Jesus, who've lived for the last 2,000 years, we live in the last days. So when somebody comes up to you and says, do you think we're living in the last days? You say, I do. Right? So you think the Lord's coming back any day you Go. Oh, I don't have a clue about that. He'll come back when he wants to come back. Or well, you tell him. You know, my pastor says he's coming back right on time. That's all we need to be concerned about. And so... We live in that time period until the second coming. There will be difficult times. Any of you have any difficult times? Not a lot of you raising your hands. I'll be handing them out at the end of the service. Okay? I got plenty of them. We live in stressful times. And for all true followers of Jesus, we must rely on the grace of God to endure. To endure. Because otherwise, we'll quit. John said, they went out from us because they never really were among, really part of us. That is really scary when people leave the church. When people say, oh, I just, you know, I go out on my boat on Sunday morning and go fishing and that's where I worship God. I left the church. That's scary stuff. And you need to be honest enough to tell them that. To say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid, brother, for your soul. Not in a mean way, but in a nice way. It's very scary stuff, but let's put it in perspective so we can press on. Again, sometimes we'll be easier and sometimes we'll be harder, but there's a big temptation we face, big in our day, for many people who say they are Christians. Uh, We live in a self-help preaching age and that attracts a crowd, but one of the big problems is it makes people think that if you put your trust in Jesus, things will always be easier. And then when they're not, people leave the church. Why? Because they say, well, the message was fake. No, the preacher was fake. Big difference. Or because, or they think it didn't work for me, and say, no, actually, the, the, the difficulties are the things that help refine your faith. They sharpen you. You're not so happy about them now. Nobody, if you do, you're weird. Okay, But on the other end, usually you'll say, you know, that really helped me. It made me a better person. Or maybe you will see it in the next life. Uh, To be honest, uh, (laughs) one thing about becoming a Christian is if you are inflicting less pain upon yourself, life may get easier. So if you stop dealing drugs, your chances of being arrested are a lot less. If you stop driving while intoxicated, your chances of being arrested are a lot less. If you're showing up to work more because you're not hungover, your life may get a lot easier. So there are instances where if you, you're behave, God's changing your behavior, things will get a lot easier for you. But always remember, there will be consequences for sin. God loves you too much to let you get away with certain things. And sometimes... Sad to say, if you, don't, if you think it shouldn't, it's unfair, look at the cross of Christ and you will see how, just how unfair it can get. Sometimes we will suffer at the consequences of the sin of others. And this is the way of the world. So for a follower of Jesus, we have the forgiveness of sins. We have eternal life. We have the power of the Holy Spirit changing us and transforming us. But there will be tough times no matter what, why? Well, two basic reasons, if we take ourselves even out of the mix, uh, spiritual forces and people, and people. That's why the apostle Paul opens what, with, but know this, understand this, there will be opposition. Try to live for God and there will be opposition. Look, I mean, look at the apostle Paul, the guy totally lived his life for Jesus, Remember, Jesus is God. He's not Jesus. We don't ref- really talk about Jesus as being a Christian. Arguably, the Apostle Paul is the most successful Christian that ever lived, certainly the most successful Christian. We have details on. He totally lived for Jesus, and now he's where? In jail, okay, and he will be executed. And in chapter one, remember what he told us? Even all of my friends deserted me. He's all alone. He's got nobody else. Timothy's his guy. We'll talk about that in weeks to come. All that tells us is that the last days are going to be filled with opposition for all of us, filled with difficulty for all of us. So that doesn't mean we go into our backyard and dig a tornado basement or something like that. It means we understand that God knows what he's doing. He's in control He's going to take care of those that he calls his own. And so the Apostle Paul is telling Timothy and us, this will be what life will be like. Sometimes it'll be okay. Other times it will be unbearable. It will be full of heartache. But never forget, these last days were ushered in, brought to us by Jesus Christ. And although they will be hard, if you are looking carefully enough, you will see evidences of grace in your life. Let me give you one. You are here. You are here. You've all had enough heartache in your life where you could certainly be bitter with God. You could certainly be bitter with the world. You could certainly be sitting at home watching some ridiculous television show halfway through a bottle of whatever, right? Bemoaning the fact that you got to get up and answer to your ridiculous boss in the morning. But you're not. You're here. You're watching online. You're listening at another point in time. That is an evidence of grace. That God is at work in your life well, what will these days be like? Oh boy, the morality will be awful. He, he says in verse two, for men, some versions say people will be lovers of themselves. Some versions say lovers of self, lovers of money. So they will not be lovers of who? God. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, and then sort of the summary, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. This was the church that Timothy was the pastor of. This is everywhere, in the church and outside the church until the second coming of Jesus Christ. So let's just look at sort of the, the, the brackets, if you will, in this passage, verses two to four. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, and then look at the end, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Perhaps the Apostle Paul is reviewing what he has seen or what he knows about Pastor Timothy's church in Ephesus. He opens up with perhaps the problem that feeds the rest. He says that people will be lovers of themselves. And self-centeredness is bad for everyone, isn't it? It's very, very bad. Misdirected love at the wrong things will inevitably lead us to self-centeredness and moral corruption. It just always works out that way. It will also produce, even among church people, people living in total opposition to God and such people, lovers of themselves, bear the mark of unbelief. Now you say, well, don't you really focus a lot on your love for yourself, Pastor Jim? Actually, no. I focus on God's love for me because he will love me so much better than I will love me. My Pam loves me way better than I love me, <laughs> right? I, don't, I, don't, I get fed up with myself a lot. It might also, I hate to say this, we're gonna go through some of these things, uh, might also be a checklist for all of us. But let's start with the question. Ask yourself this, do I put myself... First, in almost all areas of life. Do I do that? That may be the theme of these verses. Some people, including the false teachers, some that would call themselves Christians, some that would call themselves pastors, are totally self-centered. There's a word we use a lot for somebody who's totally a lover of themselves. You know what that word is? It's a narcissist, right? That's a word we use a lot. And they were in... um, Timothy's church, they're everywhere. You probably know some of them. Maybe you are one, I don't know. I, I don't live with you. But uh, narcissism is actually a religion, really, when you think of it. It, it puts self on the throne. You are God. You care about your, all you care about is yourself. It's someone's own complete self-obsession. They're just obsessed with themselves all the time. You know, the whole world is bordered on the north by themselves, the south by themselves, the east and the west by themselves. In the middle is them, <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's all about them. Narcissism, if you talk to health professionals, they'll tell you that it's, that, it's a, that it's a mental disorder, that it's a mental health condition. For many, it is a perception of self-importance. Now, listen, you are all important to me, and and we are all important to one another. At least we should be. But if we just live with the sense of we are the all important person to ourselves, that is not good at all. Uh, Such people need and seek attention. Uh, they They want desperately the admiration of others. That is just being just immature, I mean, my father used to always tell me when I was a little kid, this big, you know, four or five years old, Daddy, are you proud of me? Right? I, I, are you proud of me out here, people? <laughs> right? I mean, that's ridiculous. Grow up. Are you proud of me? <laughs> right? Now, when I was older, my father used to tell me he was proud of me. But I didn't ask him. Now, some of you say, well, that's really nice, Jim, you had a good you had a good dad. My father would put his arm around me and he'd say, you know, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased.
0: He would always say that to me. Thank you for spending the last half hour with Changed By Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed By Love is designed to help you deepen your relationship with Christ, no matter where you are in your journey. Teaming with Changed by Love financially makes it possible to reach thousands, many more than you and I could reach on our own. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Please consider a generous gift today. Give safely and securely online at changedbyloveradio.org. You'll find our address there, too, if you'd rather send a check. You can always reach us by phone at 862 862- 217 It takes a team to encourage thousands. You and Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney, ChangedByloveradio.org.